Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. Brendan has looked into the story of of a man who was taken hostage and ended up actually being shot by troopers. It's really incredible, the details here, Brendan. Yeah, troopers and deputies. uh, There were deputies from two different counties uh, that were chasing a, a murder suspect. And then that murder suspect takes an innocent man hostage, fires a gun by his head and says, take me where I want to go, which is right through a police roadblock. And the legal question becomes, can the police shoot the hostage to catch the murder suspect and also prevent him from escaping to harm others in the public? And the surprising answer is yes, even if intentionally, they can shoot the hostage. Take a look at the story and we'll talk about it on the back end. Armed with a pistol, pistol, and a rifle, and rifle. He's in my truck and he's coming out to do this now. He said he won't come out if I don't get to the hospital. He fired a shot, blew my side mirror out. I thought that was my head, but you know, I got lucky. That was a warning shot. Mm-hmm. If you didn't keep driving, he was on. Shoot me in the head. Don Davis was behind the wheel with a killer holding him at gunpoint. The dude that he's in the truck with just called. So he didn't know what he said, that he would kill him. So he has the truck driver hostage? Yes. Ryan Arnold had already shot his pregnant girlfriend and at pursuing officers. He was going to escape a police barricade in Davis's logging truck or die trying. How are you going to make them kill you? Well, if you shoot at them and they shoot at you, obviously one of you got to die, so. You had two really bad choices get shot by the man who had taken you hostage or get shot by the police. The hostage and his kidnapper rolled through the police roadblock hitting police cars in their way. He's in an 18-wheel log truck. He's running over patrol cars. He's coming out headed to the pavement. He's running over everything in his sight. Troopers with the Georgia State Patrol and deputies with Oglethorpe County opened fire. More than 35 bullets riddled the cab. And Mr. Davis, all I remember is hearing him scream and jumping out of the vehicle. He jumped out of the truck. I said, I got to get out of here. I bailed out and had my hands up in the air, and I still got shot. The hostage was shot in the shoulder, hip, and leg. Davis's hand was nearly blown off. You were shot how many times? Nine times. You took nine rounds. That's right. And survived. That's right. On that day, part of the man that I married died. The suspect survived too and later pleaded guilty to murder and kidnapping. I was placed into the ambulance on the scene. Mr. Davis was lifelighted. Was the hostage shot by accident? Davis argued he was targeted by police because he was driving. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation agreed the driver was the target, even though some officers assumed the fleeing felon was behind the wheel. You determined the driver. part of your investigation that yes, each of the officers that fired was intending to shoot the driver of the truck. Correct. The subject y'all are looking for is in the vehicle with him, advising if he does not go where he tells him to, he will kill him. Dispatch records show police were told the driver was a hostage, but some officers say they never heard that transmission. And there's lots of cases out there that talk about hostages getting caught in the crossfire. Attorney Render Freeman sued the troopers and the deputies on behalf of the Davis family. We're not aware of any case in the country that says that an officer may strategically choose 
use on purpose to shoot the innocent hostage as a way of apprehending the criminal. The courts ruled it didn't matter whether the police officers shot the hostage on purpose or not. The 11th Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals here in Atlanta tossed Davis's lawsuit last year, ruling the logging truck had to be stopped. And tragically, that meant stopping Davis, too. One judge on the appeals panel disagreed with the others on that final shot after the hostage had jumped from the stop truck, calling that an unreasonable use of deadly force. But that same judge agreed with the others that the officer can't be held liable because he's entitled to qualified immunity. Sounds like it's perfectly okay to shoot an innocent hostage like that. That desperately needs to change. Don Davis now lives with the scars, each one made by a police bullet. Missing body cameras and a damaged dash cam file mean there isn't a single frame of video of the 2015 shooting itself. But the voices of troopers were captured by the dash cam of a state patrol cruiser responding to the scene. We shot a hostage? Yeah. Did we shoot him? Yeah, we have. Good. We shot them both. Hey, all's well that ends well. Amen. As long as none of us gets hurt, we're making memories. That's right. You know, it's really stunning what you revealed, Brendan. And I, I you know, I think a lot of our viewers would say it's it's unfair that uh, the law doesn't it doesn't represent justice. What's your response? Well, that's why they appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And really just this week, as we're recording this, we're live now, but we're also recording this. So if you're watching it later, uh, this happened basically at the beginning of May. The U.S. Supreme Court denied cert. Essentially, they decided not to hear the case. And that let stand the 11th Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ruling. And also they had let stand the federal appeals or sorry, U.S. Uh, District Court ruling. So that means this is the law of the land. Um, now, they did rule. It's important to point out, we don't want to turn this into a law school class, but the, they really kind of ruled not so much on is it morally right, but basically using existing law. So this sounds like first impression. It sounds like they came up with a sort of a new doctrine, but they didn't. They said police officers can always use lethal force to protect themselves or the public. And the officers said they were in fear for their lives. That was enough. And then civilly, they're entitled to qualified immunity, so they can't be held personally liable for this man's injuries. We're not talking about sending a cop to jail. We're talking about someone paying for the medical bills, somebody paying for uh, the pain and suffering and the effect on Don Davis's life and his wife Kathy's life. And you mentioned that, um, you know, that that the family was able to recover some money from Oglethorpe County. Um, but, you know, it's really not enough to cover their medical bills. I think we, we had that conversation off camera. Yeah. So there was a settlement before this was ever decided by the courts. And that settlement was by Oglethorpe County on behalf of the county and the deputies who were involved. Uh, the sheriff in that case what, it, what had happened was there was a series of sort of missteps and mistakes over a 48-hour period that put that murderer in Don Davis's truck. And that's really what they were settling for uh, was all of those things that led up to that moment. Um, but then the rest of the defendants went on and, and the court said they're not liable. So actually, had that settlement not occurred, um, they would have gotten nothing because mm -hmm. the court said they're entitled to nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of viewers might take issue with this idea of qualified immunity. Um, but there really is a, a kind of a public policy rationale behind that, right? Well, so here's where qualified immunity was created. It was created not in a legislation, not by Congress. It was created as a legal doctrine by the U.S. Supreme Court. And the idea was 
that a police officer shouldn't be in that in that split second moment deciding whether or not to take action shouldn't be worried that am I going to lose my house um, and is this going to cost me personally am I going to have to pay for the the effects of this decision in a split second because that would put the whole public at risk if they had a second guess to the point where a killer is allowed to go on a spree. And But in reality, what would happen, and this still happens when police officers are held personally liable for their actions in cases of you know gross, wanton, and uh, willful misconduct, uh, when qualified immunity doesn't apply, uh, even in those cases, they're indemnified by their police departments. So police officers aren't paying out of their personal funds. It's coming out of the police department funds. Many people have talked about creating some sort of fund to compensate people who are essentially victimized even by no fault of the police officers, but by a consequence of Mm. their actions. Currently, there is no such fund. And so the only process is trying to undo qualified immunity. And qualified immunity is so strictly interpreted that the fact pattern has to be identical uh, to a previous case that was decided against police to give them notice. If the color of the house is different, if the other fact pattern is identical except it was day instead of night, it doesn't apply. Qualified immunity uh, is granted to the officers. And, you know, and you can see the rationale for that. You don't want to have, um, you know, first responders, police officers second guess the actions they need to take to keep themselves and the community safe in in that particular moment because they're worried about, you know, being personally liable and losing their houses, as you said, in a a lawsuit. But at the same time, it just seems very unfair that um, someone like Mr. Davis is just left holding the bag for something that was no fault of his own. Poor guy was a hostage, ends up getting shot. And he, it sounds like he's out a lot of money apart from the pain and suffering. Yeah, he was self-employed, so he owned the truck. Um, I mean, he had insurance on the truck, but it was his livelihood. I mean, he could never drive that truck again. He couldn't drive as a truck driver again. Mm. Uh, this deeply affected his life. In fact, his wife, uh, fascinatingly, it's not in the story, but his wife uh, is a an executive assistant for a superior court judge. Wow. So she knows all about the justice system. And you know, she says folks at the courthouse where her friends and coworkers are like, look, this is unjust what happened to you. But it's because of this system. And, and in Georgia, it's actually codified. Uh, there's something called sovereign immunity. It's in the Georgia Constitution that you can't sue the state of Georgia uh, and you can't sue subordinate governments in the state of Georgia. Other states don't have sovereign immunity. They have the concept as a sort of a legal construct, but they don't have it codified. In Georgia, it, it means it's very, very hard to hold the government accountable. So you'd say, well, individual officers shouldn't be liable, but maybe the Georgia State Patrol should. Because of sovereign immunity, it is incredibly hard to sue. And as a result, it's incredibly hard to get a settlement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because in this case, they had to go eight years all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to lose everything. Render Freeman, the attorney in this case, didn't take a penny of that settlement from Oglethorpe County. It's incredible. uh, Because he, even though he took this case on contingency, he said it, it he literally said to me, it pissed me off. Mm. And that's why I took the case. It isn't even his area of practice. Mm-hmm. He took this case and spent an extraordinary amount of money. They deposed people. They hired uh, forensic experts. Uh, he lost a ton of money trying to fight this case. But he said he'd do it all over again because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can totally see that. Um, so what what's your hope going forward? I, this this investigation is really, um, you know, it's 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 very revealing. And, and I think it's an important issue that people need to know about. But 
Well, what's your hope going forward? You know, I don't know what officers could have done differently in this situation because we're not to sit in judgment or I don't opine on what I think is right and wrong in the story, but an analysis, one of the deputies said, we had it there in one of those end cards, one of the deputies said he didn't know Davis was driving and had he known he wouldn't have fired. Others said, no, we, we knew the hostage was in the truck and we fired anyway. And then they also said we weren't just firing to stop we weren't trying to hit Davis as much as we were trying to stop the truck. Mm -hmm. But even the 11th Circuit said in order to stop the truck, that meant stopping Davis too. So what they said is even if intentionally, it's okay. And, and the 11th Circuit used an interesting um, uh, footnote in their ruling. What they said was it's this streetcar paradox. If you have a streetcar hypothetically barreling down a hill in San Francisco and there's five people tied to the track, but they can throw a switch to switch the streetcar to a track that only has one person tied to it, not only can you, you actually have a moral obligation to switch it to the other track, and you can't be held civilly liable for that one person getting hit by the streetcar. Mm. And they said that's kind of what happened in this case. The, the troopers and the deputies had very little choice. The question, though, is who should pay then? Mm, yeah. Should Don Davis have to pay? Because he's already paid dearly with nine gunshot wounds yeah. uh, and his hand nearly getting blown off. The, the surgeon didn't even think they were going to be able to save the hand. Um, and he's not the same man, according to his wife. Uh, we didn't play that part of the soundbite right after she said, you know, uh, she talked about the emotion of it. She's like, he's not the same man. Um, and so the Davises have paid dearly for this. And currently there's no system to compensate them. That's up to the legislature, frankly, to fix. Yeah. Um, the courts are not going to change this. This is, you know, stare decisis, although they've kind of hinted there that doesn't apply anymore. Uh, the Supreme Court's already ruled on this. So it's going to take a, an act of Congress, quite literally. Mm, all right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe, um, for taking us behind the investigation. Um, of course, uh, you can always follow along with Brendan's investigations here on Atlanta News First and Atlanta News First Plus.